Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is March 23rd, 2020. The problem with COVID-19 is that it is both sufficiently contagious and sufficiently lethal to exact a terrible human toll. This toll, as can be seen from the mortality figures from China and Italy, can be made substantially worse when the healthcare system is overwhelmed. Consequently, once the disease had turned into a global pandemic, public health authorities had no option but to recommend extreme social distancing as a way to slow its spread both to alleviate stress in the healthcare system and reduce numbers contracting it before we have effective treatments and a vaccine. Humans are, by nature, social animals, and so social distancing is, in a sense, trying to maintain an unnatural equilibrium for a disease which, left to its own devices, would relatively quickly infect a large share of mankind. This policy could well end up saving millions of lives worldwide. However, it is having a profoundly negative effect on the US and global economies. The first of these effects will be seen in this Thursday's initial unemployment claims, which, based on the reports from individual states, could well exceed 2 million, or more than three times the highest weekly total in the great financial crisis. Moreover, considering the collapse in both output and employment in the retail, restaurant, leisure, travel and hospitality industries, it now looks likely that real GDP will fall by more than 10% annualized in the second quarter, with the unemployment rate quickly rising into double digits. To try to mitigate these effects, global monetary authorities, including the Fed, have cut interest rates to near zero and taken other measures to help the functioning of financial markets. Unfortunately, while lower rates and lending facilities can reduce the risk of an economic crisis being compounded by a financial one, they are of limited use in actually stimulating economic activity. However, it appears that this monetary action will now be followed by powerful fiscal steps, with a roughly $1.5 trillion package in short-term stimulus being negotiated in Washington. Although both sides are engaged in the usual partisan squabbling, the overwhelming pressure to get something done should get a bill signed into law in a matter of days. And while there are many important details to this fiscal package, it is in essence an attempt to protect both workers and businesses until we can get past the need for extreme social distancing. At first glance, it does appear powerful enough to do this. Draft proposals include $250 billion in immediate stimulus checks of $1,200 per adult and $500 per child. A further $250 billion doled out in enhanced unemployment benefits should help laid off workers with basic food and living expenses. This wouldn't be enough for a prolonged recession, but the administration has promised to return to Congress with another packaging package if social distancing and the recession continue beyond a few months. In addition, the package will include massive loans to companies both large and small, perhaps with provisions to make these loans forgivable in certain circumstances. Undoubtedly, there will be problems with the bill passed this week. However, provided Washington maintains a whatever-it-takes attitude, adding stimulus whenever needed, America could experience a sort of suspended animation recession in which there would only be limited economic pain suffered by families and a limited number of companies going out of business. If this occurs while the economy could slide some more in the third quarter, it could well stabilize thereafter, as we all adapt to social distancing. Moreover, once medical science produces a vaccine, the U.S. economy should bounce back very strongly as a thoroughly bored American public once again goes out to play. Many will rightly ask who's going to pay for all of this, and of course the money will be borrowed. 
This probably presents no great short-term threat since even huge deficits in a deep recession are unlikely to trigger inflation or soaring, soaring bond yields. However, if the economy does come roaring back in 2021 and 2022, there could well be an inflation problem. If this problem is ignored, cash and fixed income investors would suffer as rising inflation interest rates devalue their assets. If some future government decides to tackle the deficit and inflation issues by raising taxes, then wealthier Americans in general may end up footing the bill. Even in the midst of the crisis, all of this is worth considering for long-term investors. The last few weeks have seen sharp declines in risk assets in very volatile trading. There may well still be worse to come for markets, as numbers on both fatalities and the economy still have the potential to shock investors. Moreover, in any crisis of heightened uncertainty, risk assets tend to fall well below their long-term fair values. However, if 2020 is the year of the virus, 2021 should be the first year of recovery, and from that perspective there is a strong argument to be made that stocks are now once again on the cheap side of fair value. It's hard to base such a statement on 2020 corporate earnings because they will undoubtedly take a shellacking in a deeply recessionary economy. However, they should recover strongly when the economy bounces back in 2021 and 2022. Indeed, there's no particular reason to believe that earnings couldn't exceed last year's record level by 2022. According to Standard & Poor's, S&P 500 operating earnings per share amounted to $157 last year. The S&P 500 closed at 2,304 on Friday, down 32% from its all-time high of 3,386, set on February 19th. However, at Friday's level, it now trades at 14.7 times lagged 12-month earnings, more than one standard deviation below its 25-year average of 19.5 times for this metric. These are tough and extraordinary days, but they will come to an end. And if, when they come to an end, the economy surges back strongly with higher inflation and bond yields, Investors may well recognize that hard as it was to do, the spring of 2020 was a great time to be a buyer rather than a seller of stocks. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.